Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group, three-time recipient to the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for Business Ethics and Integrity. The Ellen Becker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sense Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, Senior Wealth Advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And as I say each week, we're located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 in Capitol Drive. We're in the great, big, beautiful Town Bank Building. We're also in the village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank Building, which is directly across the street from Winkies and Kitty Corner from Sendix. We're now able to service our clients in Bonita Springs, Florida. If you would like to know more about it, uh, go to Ellen. Becker.com for more details. You can also see our pictures in our office, and we'd love to have you to feel comfortable stopping in to visit us anytime. I have two Julies in the uh, in our new studio, and I say our new studio because we have uh, just started taping at the Ellen Becker Investment Group in Pewaukee. So we have this beautiful studio, and it's uh, bright and lively. And I have the opportunity of having not only my daughter Julie Ellen Becker here, but also Julie Albrecht, and she is with the Better Business Bureau. And I have a very fond loving for the uh, Better Business Bureau because I was able to sit on the board there for many, many years. And as you've all heard and you've seen our billboards, that the uh, Better Business Bureau was so kind and generous to have awarded us the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for Business Ethics and Integrity three times, which is, we're very proud of that. And so it's really uh, very important um, for people to know about the Better Business Bureau. I remember when I started on the board, um, I thought that it was only about complaints. I didn't realize that they provided so many great opportunities for learning and different Different services well and beyond just a complaint file. And so today, um, asking Julie Albrecht to be here is just a real joy. She's going to talk about some of the different things, how to choose a charity you can trust for one thing. She's also going to talk about, um, in terms of the financial, she is going to help us better understand how to avoid the scams that happen um, that so many so many people are taken advantage of. And also, I have my daughter, Julie Ellen Becker, who is the president of Ellen Becker Investment Group, also join us. We're trying out our new studio and very proud would you say Julie yes it's very exciting to be able to do it right here in our office <laughs> it was uh, it was a big decision but it's really been it's really been very nice so I think what we'll do is we'll take a quick break and when we come back um, Julie Albrecht who is the director of marketing and communications with the Better Business Bureau is going to give us some really nice insights about the value um, added by um, not only being a member of the Better Business Bureau Bureau, but also um, being able to navigate. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellen Becker, Senior Wealth Advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I have two guests here today, Julie Ellen Becker, President of the Ellen Becker Investment Group, and Julie Albright, who is the Director of Marketing and Communications for the Better Business Bureau. This seems to be um, an important topic for us to talk about today, outsmarting investment fraud. And first of all, can you just define, Julie, for our listeners what investment fraud is and how you look at it? 
Sure, definitely. Yeah, thank you. So investment fraud and, and scams can present a variety of ways. Um, but anytime you're looking into investing, you have to beware of common scams and fraudulent schemes that people, unfortunately, um, you know, scammers will have you fall victim to. So there's a huge variety of different scams. And it's really difficult some of the time because a lot of these um, scammers will take, uh, you know, use tactics that are really common with legitimate uh, investment advisors and such. So it's really important to to know some of the key risk factors, including the demographics of the type of person that's most likely, likely to fall victim to a scam like this. And how do you identify these types of scams? So um, that's a great question. One of the one of the big things is um, you know looking at um, the type of person who is most likely to fall for scams like this. So the common demographic is actually um, Americans fifty five and older, and they're most likely to be target for targeted for investment scams, and actually thirty four percent more likely to lose money than younger investors. So this is uh, actually common for all scams across the board, especially investment scams. So susceptibility decreases with age, but dollars lost increases. So that means that older people are less likely to fall victim for scams scams generally. Um, But when they do, they tend to lose more money than younger victims. So older people really have to be careful with their money and really do their research before they invest. Well, there's so much junk in the mail. (laughs) I mean, there are just so many Um, things. And I remember, and this was so many years ago, that a woman called me and said that she needed to come in, that she had a million dollars to invest. And she was all excited. And she sat down and was talking to me about it. And she was going to give kids some money. And she was a variety of different things. And really what it was, was a lottery that said you've won a million dollars and she hadn't won a million dollars. She was one of many that got this in the mail. And she was so upset and she burst out in tears crying because she thought that her life had changed completely. And it was it was really a scam. And, yeah. uh, and she was an older woman and she had bought into it. And so I see the stress and anxiety and all the things that go along with all this for elderly people as being um, part of the whole um, the impact. Right. Yeah, definitely. And some of those scams like that are so devastating. And that's actually something that, you know, of course, um, whether you're scammed out of money or you're promised money and you don't actually get it, of course, that um, is frustrating and that's terrible to lose money in any way. But there's also a lot of indirect um, results of scams such as anxiety, loss of sleep, depression, things like that that really affect you long term. Um, So it's so important that people do their research before they buy anything or invest any money with any type of of organization at all. Well, I think people also, in addition to losing sleep in that, they feel violated in many ways. And there's so much shame associated with it. Right. Yeah. It's even hard to talk about it. Exactly. When it happens. Especially investment scam is investment scams are very much underreported. Um, there was a, a study by FINRA and the BBB, the Financial Industry uh, Regulatory Authority, 
And, um, you know, 20% of people reported being misled or defrauded, but 80% of those same people did not report that fraud. So because it's embarrassing and you're, you're devastated by the loss of money and you're embarrassed that you fell victim to a scam like that. So people just don't report it. And that's why it's really important to report those kind of scams, um, to the Better Business Bureau. We actually have an online scam tracker where people can go online and they can see what scams are happening in their area and they can also report scams there and and we can take that information we can forward that on to local law enforcement or um, other government agencies well you talk about the show being money sense and i'm looking at some of your information and you've got down 50 billion dollars per year is lost to fraud can you imagine if that money was invested and put in I mean, it's so hard to work for money and to save money. Right. To lose money is really devastating. But when you think about not only just the loss of the money, but the loss of the earning power and the buying power that people have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you said, scams have a $50 billion impact in our marketplace every year. And that's that's one of the big missions of the Better Business Bureau is to educate people and to create an ethical and trustworthy marketplace where buyers and sellers can trust each other. So that's why we like to do things like this where we can get the word out about common scams and fraudulent business behavior. What types of scams do you typically see? I know we've talked in the past about particularly in spring and fall where there's a lot of roofing and things like that and building and those types of scams. But give our listeners an idea of what types of things you're talking about. Yeah, so there's a huge variety of different um, types of scams. Um, One that's probably everybody has um, heard is the IRS scam. You get a call from what they say is the IRS or the Internal Treasury Service or something like that, and they say that you will either owe back taxes, you owe money, or... Um, perhaps that you are going to be arrested if you don't pay. So they they really use these high pressure tactics to try to scare you and to try to you know pay them right away. Julie Ellen Becker, <laughs> president of the Ellen Becker Investment Group. What what do you think about the whole idea of scams in even in terms of our company? We've had people try and scam us by. Um, making believe that they're writing an email uh, to withdraw money out of an account. And we take special protection to avoid that and to be able to recognize that. Absolutely. And and part of our relationship with the Better Business Bureau over the years is that we've become more aware of what type of scams are taking place. And just even, I mean, we could count a handful of them that have happened this year where we've received emails that look like they are coming from a client. And these emails will request uh, potentially a check to a third party. I had a client email come in uh, a few months ago where they had requested that we wire $20,000 to a third-party closing agent because they had said that they had bought a new home while they were on vacation. And in many cases, I could see how that would happen with a client. Um, However, we would never take a third-party request via email. And, And that's important. And sometimes it may appear to be a little bit of a hassle. You know, when a client, I had another client email recently asking us to make a tuition payment to their child's school. And it was completely legitimate, uh, but we will not take any third-party re- re- check requests via email at all. And we call no. our clients. We'll call to and follow up and verify because that's where some of these things happen. And and once the funds leave TD Ameritrade, 
and go to this third party, there's no way that we can really reconcile that or get it back. So our staff is trained really um, frequently and intensely to understand uh, how we can avoid some of this stuff. Many of our clients who have been victims of scams, whether it's uh, one of the recent ones I've heard lately is buying Apple iTunes cards, Mm, um, the gift card scam. And, you know, this has happened to a few of our clients and, and what we can do through our custodian is put holds on those accounts so that nothing goes in and out of that account without talking to um, their wealth advisor specifically. And so I've done that for many clients in the past where they have become a victim of a scam, and then we really kind of lock down their account um, and make sure that they they talk exactly to their advisor face-to-face or over the phone before we take any distributions. But the big thing is the third-party emails. That's where I think we've, we luckily have, we're all very well in tuned uh, to our clients and what's going on. But I mean, we've probably gotten five or 10 of those already this year. As a matter of fact, Karen, I got one from you (laughs) recently um, asking me to go to Costco and buy, you know, $5,000 worth of Apple iTunes cards. And (laughs) I I knew it was a scam because of course (laughs) it's an interesting request. And I knew that you knew I'd be too busy during the day to go and get Apple (laughs) iTunes cards. Um, And so, you know, but we always share those with our employees. We share them at our staff meetings because it's, it's really important. And I've had young clients who have become victims. I've had elderly clients, you know, and and it's really, really difficult. I hear a lot of clients who will come in here and they are worried because their parents have become victims. Mm -hmm. And um, my daughter, when she was, now she's 15, but I think she was about 9 or 10, and she called me at the office and she was panicking because we got the IRS call Mm -hmm. that we hadn't paid our taxes and I was going to be arrested. (laughs) And I I assured her we had paid our taxes and that even if I was going to get arrested for something like that, they don't usually call and and warn you. Um, But it's scary. It's really scary. And I can see that somebody young, um, somebody maybe who doesn't have a lot of financial literacy or financial acumen would be at risk. Um, Somebody who doesn't have a person that they can rely on, a financial advocate to ask these questions for. Um, I can see how people would become a victim of that. And I can also see how we would you know, be really ashamed and embarrassed. So I think getting out here and talking about this is great. And then also checking with your financial advisor and their financial institution to find out what measures they've put in place to protect you against that. Because as an investor, and I, you know, we can talk about all the the terrible things that have gone on with um, you know, investments alone and fraud alone, there are a few things you can do to make sure that your financial advisor has got your best interest in mind, making sure you work with a fiduciary, making sure that they have the right firewalls and security protection, making sure that they would never issue a third-party check without talking to you first. Um, one of the things, all the reporting that we provide our clients is from a third-party custodian. That's how a lot of things happen from a fraudulent um, standpoint is a wealth advisor can just make their own statements. And that's a little bit about what happened with Bernie Madoff. People mm-hmm. will often say, how did that happen to so many smart and wealthy people? Well, they were not receiving statements from a third-party custodian. You know, our clients all receive a statement from TD Ameritrade. They all receive viewing capabilities separate with separate logins and passwords than we have. Um, All of the reporting we send is an automatic download from a custodian. We can't edit that. We can't show additions or withdrawals that haven't occurred. So there are several things that you can do as you're searching out a wealth advisor in a financial firm that, um, you know, really can minimize or mitigate that risk. 
Well, I think let's t- that's great, Julie, because I think a lot of people um, worry about and a lot of people think, oh, I don't want to put all my money in one place because I want to make sure that it's going to be safe. And what you want to find is a place where you do feel comfortable putting all your money in one place. And I think that's part of um, just the education. So let's take a quick break. And Julie um, Albrick is my guest today, Director of Marketing and Communication for the Better Business Bureau. And our goal today is, I think it's a couple of things. It's, first of all, to make people aware of some of the things, the fraudulent things that are happening that come in the mail and that the telephone calls and the pressure that they put on people to do something immediately. I think the other thing is when there is a, when something does happen, the importance of making that phone call to the BBB and letting you know so that you can help protect other people and to alleviate the shame of something happening because so often we all get caught up. Um, I know that I just came back from vacation and I feel so foggy (laughs) and sometimes we're all foggy and we make decisions that we might not have made um, if we really had time to think about it. So we'll take a quick break and when we come back let's talk about a little bit more about some of the types of scams and how people can, you know the hardest thing sometimes is to get rid of somebody on the phone or they just keep calling you and calling you and they wear you down and with that we'll be right back. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, Senior Wealth Advisor, and my daughter Julie, who is the President of Ellenbecker Investment Group, is here, as well as Julie Albrecht, who is the Director of Marketing and Communications for the Better Business Bureau. You know, Julie, we've been talking about getting scammed, but I think it's always good to draw a picture, and there's been so many hurricanes, there's been so many devastating things happening uh, around the country that very often we want to give, and um, it's hard to determine if we're giving to the right places. So can you talk about some of those things that are going on? And, Julie, you mentioned in the break the GoFundMe, which, you know, I know we just had Taylor's going to go to Mexico and build houses, and she wanted a GoFundMe account. And, you know, it seems so easy to do, but maybe it's too easy. Right. Yeah, definitely. So, of course, especially with Hurricane Florence recently, um, you know, people are looking at how they can help, how they can donate. Um, But you have to really be thoughtful about it. So uh, my best advice to people from the get go is to just check it out. Check out the charity. Go online. Do your research. Um, The Better Business Bureau has a a website called give.org where you can check out if the charity meets our BBB standards for charitable accountability. There's also Charity Charity Navigator, Charity Watch, GuideStar. There's lots of online platforms where you can go in and check these charities out. And then crowd, crowdfunding such as um, GoFundMe pages. So th- that is a legitimate website. And, um, you know, people do have legitimate charities or legitimate charitable organizations that you can donate to on that website. However, you should really do your research as well and check those out um, individually and independently of a GoFundMe page, for example. So like you mentioned this, Taylor, you know, you might want to talk to her and make sure that this is, you know, a legitimate thing that that they're soliciting donations for. Um, Even organizations such as the Red Cross, obviously big name, legitimate organization, but 
there are scammers who use the Red Cross name or other legitimate charitable organization names in order to encourage people to give them money. Um, so it's a, a big thing to, to check them out, make sure that they're a registered charitable organization, um, and ask questions. You know, ask how are these funds going to be used? Even some legitimate charitable organizations will take in a lot of money and just give a very small portion to the actual need. Um, so make sure to ask those questions, and that usually will um, you know, solicit some some positive feedback from the the organization. And um, be careful online as well. A lot of people will post. Um, it's a new thing right now, too, on Facebook. You can um, solicit donations to your favorite charity when it's your birthday. Um, so a lot of people are doing that. But we encourage people not just to assume that it's a trustworthy charitable organization, but to do their own research on the side. Because even through Facebook and other social media platforms, there are some illegitimate charities. You know, Julie, you can speak a little bit to the coming of the end of the year here, and a lot of people do look at charities in terms of taxes, in terms of giving, charitable funds, and that's another important thing for people to be aware of, of what they can give and how they can apply it to not only good use for the charity itself, but also to their own personal assets. Sure, and, and I think what I would also say is that, you know, for, for our listeners out there, take a look at our newsletter, the most recent newsletter that's on our webpage. You can go to www.ellenbecker.com and take a look at our newsletter because Julie, Julie Albrecht, our guest today, has written in this quarter newsletter, as well as we have lots of other articles that address some of these, um, especially charitable giving from a tax impact, from an insurance perspective, and an investment perspective as well. So I know we could sit and talk for weeks about the best way to, to give charitably and, and, and how to do that. Um, the other thing I just want to comment on some of the Facebook funding now that's out there, and even the GoFundMe, there are uh, there are cuts that come out of those contributions that go to the people managing the websites, and I think that that's not always a bad idea. Sometimes these certain um, causes would not get attention without having somebody oversee that, but many times going direct to the charity as opposed to using a GoFundMe page or using one of the um, Facebook birthday posts to give makes sense too. From a financial perspective, when we talk to our clients about charitable giving, there's a lot of different ways that, that we can approach that. You can give cash to an organization. You can use your credit card to fund a charitable gift, whether it's uh, through a GoFundMe page or to directly to the charitable organization. There's also ways to gift highly appreciated securities and to be aware, made aware of kind of the tax savings from that perspective. There um, are ways to gift through your required minimum distribution if you're over age 70 and a half to avoid having to pay income tax on those distributions from an IRA. And there's many other ways that, that we've addressed. I, we actually have had uh, Sandra Geisler as a tax advisor here and runs our tax division at Ellen Becker Investment Group. And she's uh, had several radio shows and podcasts on this topic directly. And all of our podcasts and radio shows are on our webpage as well. So if you like what you're hearing today or you want to dig in a little deeper, you can just go to ellenbecker.com and check out our podcasts and radio shows. You know, Julie, just speaking, Julie, Julie, both Julies, <laughs> just speaking about charitable giving, it's such a good feeling to give money to a cause, particularly something that you believe in. It must be devastating to find out that you've been scammed. 
Yeah, definitely. It's something that really affects people, um, you know, not only, like you said, the financial loss, but emotionally as yes. well. Um, so it's something that we're really trying to encourage people to report things like that because it's, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it's so underreported because people do feel ashamed. They feel frustrated. They feel angry. Um, and it's just really important to use that in order to get that information to other people. You know, it's not, you don't have to be ashamed if you gave money to an illegitimate charity or any type of organization. You need to report it and you need to, you know, tell other people, hey, this happened to me. Don't let it happen to you. And some of the other things that people can be aware of as they're um, either wanting to give or looking for services, what are the types of questions, if you can go through that, that people really can ask? Yeah, definitely. So any type of charitable organization um, should be registered with a state government agency. Um, so it's important to check that out. Um, check, uh, just do a simple Google search and read as much information as you can. Um, similar to businesses, the Better Business Bureau has business profiles on our website on all businesses throughout the state of Wisconsin. And we also have, um, and you can also find um, profiles on charitable organizations. So it's important to read those and, and see. Um, another big thing is financial transparency. A lot of, you know, legitimate big charities will put their um, financial information on their website, and that's important. Uh, the transparency is important for um, people who are looking to donate to know how their money is going to be spent. When you talk about um, someone having a scam occur or they recognize that one is there, how do they go about reporting that to you? What does that take? And sometimes that can be, you know, everybody wants to be very private. Right. Yeah, definitely. So people can feel free to call us. Um, you can also report scams to our BBB scam tracker. It's bbb.org slash scam tracker. And all of that information will be kept um, pr pretty much anonymously. We do need a name and an email address from you, but that won't be posted on the website. So, um, you know, we, c we also make sure to delete any personal identifiable information. Um, so, you know, if you, if you give that information to us, we will make sure to not post it on the website, um, similar to our customer reviews or our complaints as well. So we just really encourage people to give us a call, go to bbb.org slash scam tracker, report those scams so that other people don't fall victim to those. What are some of the other things that the Better Business Bureau brings to the city of Milwaukee, southeastern Wisconsin, actually? Yeah. Yeah, good question. So the Better Business Bureau does a lot of different things. Um, you mentioned earlier, I think, uh, our complaint process when you first found out about the yes. Better Business Bureau. You thought, <laughs> oh, that's where you go to file a complaint. And that's that's what a lot of people know us for. And it's true. We, do, um, we are a neutral third party that helps to um, solve get a resolution between a seller and a buyer. Um, so if you have a problem with a business, we always encourage people to go to that business first and try to work it out on your own. But if for some reason you can't work that out with the business on your own, then you can come to the BBB and file a complaint with us. And you can do that online as well. Um, we do require any complaints in writing. So we just try to go back and forth, um, you know, kind of as a intermediary to solve the problem. Um, we also have customer reviews online, and what's different about the BBB customer reviews is that they are totally um, verified. So we actually have a human being sitting in our office who uh, goes through every single customer review that's posted um, to make sure that it was legitimate and there was a legitimate transaction. So there's a lot of problem on 
problems on other review sites um, where, you know, an angry ex-girlfriend or, <laughs> you know, or a competitor of the business will leave a negative customer review and it won't be a legitimate transaction. They didn't actually make a purchase from that organization. So um, it's just really important that we verify that information and so that consumers can make truly fact-based um, decisions when they decide to go with a business. When you look at a particular business also, we're very happy because we're a five-star rated company. Yes. What does that mean? Yeah, so we have uh, customer review star ratings, and we also have um, ratings on a grading scale. So our grading scale ratings are... Uh, pretty sophisticated 13-factor algorithm. So there's a variety of things that go into that. Um, BBB accredited businesses, such as Ellen Becker Investment Group, um, are they're verified. They are licensed properly. We, uh, we check licensing annually to all of our accredited businesses. And we evaluate the business. We do a really thorough research process to make sure that um, these businesses are committed to our standards of trust. So they advertise honestly. Like I said, they're properly licensed. And they're just doing business the right way that it should be done. I know that I've had, we've been a member of the Better Business Bureau for, I don't even know if I can count, count all the years. And I know that often people will say, well, what's the real value of being a member? And I know for us, when we were in the, had our accreditation with the Better Business Bureau and the market corrected, if you remember that, Julie, we had so many people that really came and said, I want to work with somebody who really has a stand for business ethics and integrity. And I think that's what we all want, whether it's going to our doctor or our attorney or our hairdresser or buying a car. We want to work with people who really take a stand on ethics and integrity. Yeah, definitely. So BBB accreditation is really that certification that you're doing business the right way. Um, so of course, there are licenses and different things for different types of businesses, but BBB accreditation really applies to all businesses. Um, and the consumer can see that you are accredited by the BBB. That means a neutral third-party organization really took a look at your business and verified you as a, a business in good standing. Um, so that's really important for people when they're looking for to, to purchase a product or a service. I think um, also another uh, piece of that is that in terms of taking a stand, our employees know that that's what our expectation is. So it's not also uh, just for our clients. It's also for our employees. They really know that that's important to us. And so I know, Julie, you and I have talked about that so often that we just know that our, our employees are going to do the right thing. Yeah, definitely. That's a really good point. So same thing as we encourage people to do their research on a business before they make a purchase. Well, potential employees should also do their research on their potential employers. So, you know, if you're interviewing for a company, you're probably going to do some research on them and seeing that BB accreditation really definitely will give you kind of a, a you know, assurance that, that they are a good business. Well, let's take our last break. And when we come back, my guest today is Julie Albrecht. She's the Director of Marketing and Communications for the Better Business Bureau. Also, we'll give you um, some numbers that you can give a call. And if you'd like that right now, it's 414-847-6000. And that's the General Better Business Bureau line. And there you can um, get a lot of information. But also, I do recommend it's been wonderful for us to be a member of the Better Business Bureau. So with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to 
Sykes. I'm Karen Ellen Becker, Senior Wealth Advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. My daughter, Julie, who is the president of Ellen Becker Investment Group, is here as well. And then we have Julie Albrecht, who is the Director of Marketing and Communications for the Better Business Bureau. And, you know, Julie, during the break, we were talking about that there are some really great things in addition to looking at the fraud uh, that the Better Business Bureau brings. And you had mentioned even the scholarship is one of the things that you've always been really impressed as to what they do. Well, and I, I think, Julie, if you can share with us from you know your perspective at the Better Business Bureau, there's a lot of things that your organization does that isn't just the complaint factory. Right. <laughs> and, and I think everything we've talked about today with education, getting involved in the community, being a place um, to mitigate some of those challenges that are happening between a buyer and a seller and all of those other things that you've um, already shared with our listeners, I know that there's a few other really great things that you guys do that gets the community involved. Yeah, definitely. So the biggest thing through our Better Business Bureau Foundation is our Torch Awards for Ethics program. So that includes uh, the Torch Award for Business Ethics, which Ellen Becker has won several times. And um, that's just a really, really exciting extra award that businesses can apply for. And it's really, you know, it is a lengthy application, so not everybody wants to (laughs) spend the time to do that. But we're very proud of that because it's difficult to win. And it's a challenging um, award application process. So people really have to take a look at their business, take a look at as themselves as business leaders um, in that application. And um, another thing that's pretty new for us, this is going to be our third year doing it, is the Spark Award for Entrepreneurship. So that um, awards business leaders under the age of 35 in the state of Wisconsin. So similar to the Torch Awards, we look at um, how ethical and how much integrity that business leader might have. Um, and it, our, our goal is to really encourage startups and entrepreneurship within the state of Wisconsin. And then uh, our last piece to the Torch Awards program is our Student of Integrity Scholarship Program. So that awards, we, ha- we do 10 scholarships each year, um, $2,500 scholarships to Wisconsin high school seniors attending Wisconsin colleges. So again, promoting business and the future of business in the state of Wisconsin. So that's a really incredible scholarship. We are so proud of that program because Yes, of course, you know, grades and um, your GPA matters, but what we really look at is the essay with our Student of Integrity Scholarship application. So the student must demonstrate to us that they have faced a serious ethical dilemma and how they've come out of that. So it's really something that we look at the character of the individual student versus just grades or extracurricular Mm -hmm. activities. So we are so proud of that scholarship program. That's wonderful. And I know, Julie, we have started the Milwaukee Philanthropic Community, which airs every other Saturday night, also to bring to the community to be able to look at charities that we've approved and that we've looked at. And I think it's hard for people, whether it's looking at um, giving money, when they're looking at scholarships, where you're looking at charities. These are all really important things in people's lives. And you take it very seriously from the Better Business Bureau. And we as Ellen Becker Investment Group take it very seriously as well. Well, I certainly think it's important to take seriously. And as we're helping our clients identify what their legacy is, and helping them identify how to pass on their core values to the next generation, 
um, a lot of our clients find charitable giving a really important component of their overall family values. And so as an investment firm, one might wonder why we get so involved in the philanthropic community. Um, and one, we do it because it's part of our family core values. Um, but two, we want to make sure that we're here with our clients, helping them make some of these decisions, whether it's how to give to charity, how much to give to charity, the most tax efficient way, or the um, most honest way from an integrity and ethical standpoint. There's a lot of different components. So it's it's very logical for us. It's very natural for us. Um, but there's a lot to think about. And I think one of the things, Julie, that you said in the beginning is just doing your research and understanding and do thoughtful giving. And, and I think that with so many different decisions that we make in, in our financial lives, it's really important to take a step back and do it measured, you know, do it thoughtfully, do it mindfully. Um, because that's one way that we can eliminate some of the extra stresses that come if, if, if we don't do it the right way. And as you mentioned earlier, they can go to ellenbecker.com and Julie has written a newsletter and in there she mentions, you mentioned the Better Business Bureau's Wise Giving Alliance, Charity Navigator, Charity Watch or Guide Star so that people can really do that research a little easier because sometimes research sounds way over uh, way over the top or they can go to your BBB scam tracker at bbb.org slash scam tracker yeah yeah definitely so we like you said Julie we encourage people to do their research whether you're giving to a charity or you're looking to make a purchase from a business just do your research before you uh, give anybody your money of course so I guess what I'm thinking of, we've talked a, a little bit, a lot, about some of the different scans, but what's, what about some of those simple ones that, um, that just seem easy? And it's some of the things that happen when you're repairing a roof or you're having things done in your house. Um, what other types of scams should people be aware of? Yeah, definitely. So one that we're not seeing quite as often right now, um, but is often common in the springtime is door-to-door scammers. So there are legitimate companies that will be, you know, fixing your neighbor's roof and they'll come and they'll see, you know, hey, it looks like your (laughs) roof might need to be redone. Um, But there are also scammers who do that same thing. So they'll say, hey, we're working on so-and-so's windows down the street. Are you interested in new windows? It looks like they're getting a little old. And that's something that's easy for you to be like, oh, you know, I been trying to get my windows redone for years, but there's never the time or never the money. So maybe this is convenient. This person just came to my door. Um, But we always encourage people to, again, do your research on that company first, ask for licensing information, ask for a business card. If they don't have a business card or, you know, they're wearing kind of right referrals, if they're wearing a tattered t-shirt instead of a nice, you know, (laughs) polo with a logo on it or something, you, you have to be skeptical of those people. So even if it might seem convenient, it's not always legitimate or when they ask you to write a big check up front right supplies I've got to get the supplies and then you can pay yeah that's a huge red flag Uh, you always want to make sure to get a contract in writing if something like that is required or um, you know you want to make sure not to give people money up front without having some collateral I think the other thing also is to get their phone number and call them yes yeah that's always (laughs) a you know, to see if they're legitimate and if they answer their phone. Yeah. Impersonation is a huge tactic that scammers use. So they'll use 
the name of a legitimate company or organization and they'll pretend to be with them. So that's a great point. Um, you know, if they say they're with so-and-so company, oh, I've heard of them. Okay, well, you should probably call them mm -hmm. or go online to verify that this person actually works with that organization. And I think some of the other things, too, people get... Um, they get frightened when something happens to them and they don't make that fall call to report it. And it happens over and over. Right. It happens over and over then if somebody doesn't make other people aware of it. Yeah, and it can definitely be a vicious cycle. So if you are if you fall for a scam once, you're definitely more likely to fall for a scam again. And unfortunately, scammers use those lists as well. So they actually have lists of phone numbers um, that they can sell to other scammers saying, you know, this might be a hot lead for you because they fell victim to my scam. If you pay me some money, I'll give you their number. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really horrible. And the, the department Department of Justice has actually been doing a really good job lately of, of shutting down scammers that have those, um, you know, they call them sucker lists. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. That it's doesn't terrible. even sound good. No, it doesn't <laughs> sound good at all. You know, they're, they're just, um, you know, lists of people and phone numbers that are more likely to fall victim to those scams, which is really, it's really terrible. So I would say as a business, it's really important to look at the Better Business Bureau and to um, become a member of it. I think right there it makes a very big statement for you. And for individuals who are out there who are looking to purchase and to spend their money, their hard-earned money, to really make sure that they're doing it with a reputable company. And what are some of the other things that you would recommend to our listeners? And we've got also the Torch Award. If someone wants to have their company can be nominated or they can nominate themselves. Yeah, so people can go to torchawards.com and you can nominate somebody or a business for the Torch Awards for Ethics. So that's for businesses and nonprofit organizations as well. And then if you know a, a startup business or an entrepreneur um, that's under the age of 35, you can nominate him or her for a Spark Award for Ethics as, or a Spark Award for Entrepreneurship as well. And if you know a Wisconsin high school senior this year, um, encourage them to apply for our scholarship. And that happens May of 2019? May 15th, 2019, yes, is going to be our Tour Towards for Ethics program. And we're going to be at the Italian Community Center downtown this year. Oh, that, and it's always a sellout. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's a big event. It's, it's our always, big show. Yes, <laughs> yes. And then I think on the end of it, Julie. Yeah, I guess I just want to jump in because one of the things that I think I, I try to live by, and I share this with my children and my clients and my friends, and it's one easy sentence, but it uh, makes me pause every time I'm thinking about uh, making a, a, a big transition. And really, if it's too good to be true... It probably isn't, and and that's the biggest thing. I've heard investors often come to the table and say, you know, this person told me they could make a certain rate of return with no risk or other things like that. Um, you know, if somebody is creating a, a sense of urgency, you know, if you do this today, I can get you into this last product or there's a limited supply, that's, that's really a red flag. But honestly, just ask yourself, if it seems too good to be true, you may want to dig That makes me think of deeper. Joe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly tell Joe that story. Do you have time? Which story are you talking Where he about? he ordered off the TV. Oh, well, that was a long time ago <laughs> yeah. when I when I when he first uh, this is my son who is now almost 20 years old. But um, he watched a TV special and they were selling Floam, which is 
kind of like a slime, but it's a phloem, and it's I don't really know what it was. But if he ordered within a few minutes, he got a double supply. And he rushed and rushed and got it ordered and spent almost all of his savings on it. And when he got it back, the double supply was no bigger than a jar of baby food. And uh, and he learned really quickly, though, if it's too good to be true, it really is probably. So not. true, so true. Yeah. Good. Oh, my goodness. My two guests today are Julie Ellenbecker, who is the president of Ellenbecker Investment Group, and my daughter, and Julie Albrecht, who is the director of marketing communications for the Better Business Bureau. And we are so supportive of the Better Business Bureau. And it's a wonderful organization for people to really go to to determine um, companies that are good to work with and also for an owner of a company to belong to so that it makes a great big statement and so thank you very great. much thank Julie, you so much for, for coming me. and I want to give out that number one more time it's 414-847-6000 please give them a call and thank you so much for coming Julie thank you as well as always we hope that we have made a difference we always always listen